welcome to another episode of Electable. I'm Deb Chubb, and this is sponsored by the Indiana Women's Action Movement. Um, we have so much to talk about today because we have the, um, the deep knowledge with us of LGBTQ issues um, uh, housed here in the brain of Chris Paulson. So she is the executive director of Indiana Youth Group. And so, Chris, I would like first for you to tell us a little bit about yourself and about your organization, uh, because it, uh, you know, is get a long history. It does. Um, so I'm Chris Paulson. I use she, her pronouns. Um, and I am um, honored to have served as um, CEO of Indiana Youth Group for the past four years. Um, Indiana Youth Group is the longest serving LGBTQ youth group in the nation, housed right here in Indiana. Um, we have uh, been around since 1987, so um, this is our 34th year. Um, and we serve LGBTQ youth and their straight ally friends ages 12 to 24. Um, we run the largest rapid rehousing program for um, LGBTQ youth. Um, in Indianapolis currently. Um, that's a program we started about nine months ago. Um, so that is, um, we're now housing youth experiencing homelessness. We also work in schools. Um, we oversee the gender and sexuality alliances in um, all Indiana schools. We do work around uh, basic needs, um, youth that are experiencing generational poverty, um, mental health work, um, anything that a LGBTQ youth would need to feel safe in Indiana. Wow, I, that's, um, that's just amazing and great work and such a long history. And um, I think everyone uh, kind of acknowledges that in this country anyway, um, the rights of LGBTQ plus community members uh, has just changed so quickly. Uh, I, watching um, Barack Obama, you know, do a 180 just during the, you know, several years that he was president was, you know, it was really, you know, an awakening happening. So uh, I think that's great, but you kind of precede that by so many years, which is wonderful. So um, here in Indiana, of course, we have the um, dubious distinction of being the state um, of RIFRA. Um, and, um, and that's where this kind of current collision is happening. Um, and that's what I want to talk about. Um, and particularly, um, it's happening in education. So there's um, several things that are really just very active right now that, um, that I hope you can give us some um, insight uh, into. Um, and of course, um, one of the things is the lawsuit uh, brought by uh, two LGBTQ uh, community members who sued religious educational organizations um, for, uh, I think one was breach and one was a title, breach of contract, one was a Title VII case um, for who they loved and being dismissed uh, once that became public knowledge. Um, so, um, so I want to talk about that because that is so important that the impact of that case, oh, it just, it's going to set crazy precedents. Um, and of course, the, what's happening in that case now is really kind of a result of that whole RIFRA movement. Uh, it's the, you know, it's the, it's the superseding um, uh, rights of religion uh, to human rights, civil rights, employment rights of individuals. So, uh, and that's, you know, that's like, we were so excited to have that as RIFRA in our state and then um, have this um, pathetic, you know, 
fix <laughs> to refra, which really didn't fix anything. And apparently it's just gone, you know, from bad to worse now. And then the other, um, the other issue that's really coming up now is another education issue. So the first one were uh, employment and education. Now, the other one now is this real, um, it's hard to get your head around this movement that's happening now, uh, trying to create something that isn't a problem and, and make it a problem in education. Um, I think there is this longstanding um, strategy to take over education by um, religious extremists um, and to create that as the, as the predominant education. Uh, and of course, using religious theories that are you know, just not acceptable. So, okay, so I'll stop talking. I want you to talk. So tell us about those two issues. Um, I know you know a lot about it. So just tell us, so whichever one you think is easier to talk about first, better to talk about first, tell us what's going on. Well, you brought up the uh, religious schools uh, first. So I'll uh, jump into that one. Um, yeah, I think um, something that when these schools get rid of long, long, standing employees um, for who they love, they don't take into account the students. Those um, guidance counselors had been there decades and had um, helped generations of students become who they really are, support them so they can move through their educational path, so they can become, you know, get good jobs and become productive members of society. And then all of a sudden, because they're honest about who they are and who they love, that not only is the job taken away from those counselors, but those counselors are taken away from the youth. So for an organization that says they support youth to fire someone because they're truthful about who they are does not support youth at all. We know that there's dozens of LGBTQ youth that go to those schools. And all of a sudden they were told to their faces, you don't matter. Your life is not important. Our doctrine is more important than who you really are. And you should not be honest about who you really are. And I think that's something that um, I assume educators go into education because they want to support youth and make youth lives better. Yeah. But when you do things like that, you're doing the exact opposite. You know, those students were told you don't matter. And what what you know to be the truth doesn't matter to us. So I think that's something that um, the church and a lot of places are um, grappling with. It's, um, you know, it's it's a balancing act. And unfortunately, they're pushing the wrong doctrine right now. Um, they should be seeing how they can support youth and not how they can just keep pushing their doctrine. So I think, um, I think we have to really look at that. Like, do we want to support youth or don't we? Because you can't say you do and then um, fire someone for being honest about who they are. Yeah, that's been such a historical theme of being in the LGBTQ community and that is being authentic. Uh, and that's the struggle. That's always been the struggle. And it looks like this is what the church wants. They want you to, you know, not be authentic. And 
you know, people can't live like that. They just can't live like that. I wonder if you know anything about um, students' response to this case, uh, if there's any, you know, movement afoot among young people, because I'm sure you know too, young people, like they, they don't even get why this is a controversy anymore. Uh, young people are so accepting of the LGBTQ community, they don't even get it. Uh, they don't even get that there's any struggle. And so I wonder how, you know, if you've heard what the response is among youth. Yeah. And actually, when the um, first counselor was um, fired, Shelley Fitzgerald, um, the students formed a group called Shelley's Voice um, to fight back. And um, Indiana Youth Group is a fiduciary agent for um, Shelley's Voice. And mm -hmm. we've worked with um, those youth to make their voices heard um, because they felt so unheard. I, they were told they didn't matter. Um, so we've been working with them to um, help their voices be heard. And, um, you know, they, they are powerful and they are the future leaders. Um, so I, I know that they will change the world. Um, the church um, has been all around for a long time, so it's not something that happens quickly. But they are um, continuing to push and to make changes and to support the students that are still in those schools, um, you know, they need to know that they are supported um, by um, both teachers and parents and alumni. So those uh, those students that were there and have since graduated um, are still pushing to uh, make sure that the youth in those schools know that they're they're valued. That's wonderful. And you know, there's also unfortunately this long history of just damage. Um, that the Catholic Church and, and other churches have done to the LGBTQ community, um, you know, in terms of, you know, just self-hatred and, um, and, you know, that we just, that just cannot stand. Yeah, so, and I think we also need to recognize that there's churches that are trying to fix that. Um, so it's not that all churches are bad, um, definitely. Um, there's churches that do accept LGBTQ people, um, you know, and value them for who they are. So I think it's a matter of um, supporting the churches that do and calling out the churches that don't. I think, yeah, I think that's an excellent point just because I think uh, students who are in Catholic churches and, you know, kind of learn that, you know, perhaps they're not out yet, and but are being taught that who they think they might be is really bad. Um, for them to know that there are, you know, they can have their faith and be authentic to their Definitely. to themselves. So um, yeah, I think that's really a, such an important point because I think that is what really makes it such a struggle for, for so many in the community uh, who you know believe in God and believe in you know the charity that goes with that and all of the whatever Christian uh, tenets. Um, but uh, you know on the other hand are told that who they are is you know can't be a part of that. So I think that is so important that uh, you do acknowledge those churches who are accepting. And I know there are many, there are many terrific yeah. churches out there who are very accepting. So, oh, wow. So anyway, so awesome work that you're doing um, to support that. Uh, we really have to um, nurture the young people. And I think that um, I've worked with LGBTQ clubs here. I sit on a school board. And so I, you know, I sit on the, the uh, club at the high school and I, you know, and so, and it is like, they're like, what, like, what, what, what is the problem? You know, and, and, you know, it's like, they just don't get it. It's like, you don't understand. There's some, you know, there's, there's some problem. What, what? I'm, you know. yeah. So anyway, so it's great that you're, you know, in the mix with the young people and um, helping them really find their voice. 
to go forward. So, okay, so let's talk about this other issue in education. Uh, okay, the, you know, this is just mind blowing what is happening. Um, some organizations at the national level, um, I have finally kind of concluded that all of this is rooted in an attempt to uh, defer uh, attention from other things, from climate change, from uh, from economic recovery in the country. Um, so that's my final conclusion on all this. But what it is apparently is this huge um, kind of uh, uh, created illusion that there's some horrible thing going on in schools. And um, and uh, and at first it wasn't LGBTQ people, <laughs> even though I did see it in the documents when I first started looking into this. Um, but it was, uh, you know, it was just you're not teaching academics, you're teaching, um, you know, racial. I don't know what you know CRTs, what they call it. It's just such a it's such a misnomer and uh, an illusion of an issue. But uh, but that's what it that's where it started. It was oh you're trying to you know tell white children that they're responsible for slavery. Uh, nobody teaches that. And um, so anyway, but then uh, then the truth comes out. Uh, it's more than that. Uh, it's it's and it's not just LGBTQ issues. It's reproductive rights. Uh, so and I did kind of you know pick up on that pretty early. But tell us what you know, tell us what's happening and how we can, you know, address this. Well, um, the group is called Purple for Parents, um, Indiana. It's the one that we're keeping an eye on, obviously. Um, and they have sent around a um, non-consent form, I believe they're calling it, um, for parents to sign to um, ask that their children not be um, in any education that is um, supported by or uses the work of a number of organizations, Planned Parenthood, the Kinsey Institute, um, Indiana Youth Group, we made the list. Um, I take it as a badge of honor that uh, we're doing work that people recognize. Um, so we're also on that list. Um, and it's it's very unfortunate because um, school is a place to learn. Um, it's a place to learn views that are different than what you might hear at home. Um, it's not a place to be indoctrinated. <clears throat> so I think it's um, unfortunate that these parents are going down this path, um, only wanting their children to hear one point of view. Um, but I think from what I've seen, the school boards are, um, for the most part, standing pretty strong, um, saying that no children should learn the true history of America, not the whitewashed version. Um, children should learn about um, sexual orientation and gender identity. That not everybody is cis and straight, um, because we know statistically, all not all those students are cis and straight. So they need to see themselves in um, instruction and in books in the library and um, in discussions in the classroom. Um, so I think um, it's going to be a continuing long-term fight. Um, it's, I think when um, same-sex marriage became legal, that was a huge loss to this group. And so now they've moved on to the next thing. Like, okay, we lost that battle. Where's the next war we can wage? And it is on LGBTQ and youth of color um, 
you know, unfortunately that those students are so marginalized um, and especially the intersection of, um, you know, black youth of color um, or black LGBTQ youth um, are just in a horrible position because they're being hit from every side. Um, so I think it's important that um, as community members, we stand up and support those, those youth um, and support all youth in schools. So um, it's gonna be a long-term fight, um, but I think um, people are becoming aware of it. And I think most people are on the right side of the fight. I think you're right too. I think that's what's so interesting about that is that an overwhelming majority of Americans are on the side of inclusion. Uh, so uh, so it, it feels so bizarre to, you know, to hear this kind of, you know, just loud, loud voices, but uh, I don't think many voices. So uh, I, like I said, I sit on a school board, so I'm always bracing myself for what, what might be coming. I watch, you know, I keep tabs on what's happening in other places and, you know, just in case. Um, and part of that, um, the, the um, opt out or um, form that you mentioned uh, is also uh, the call to action is to bring your kid to school a half an hour late and say, my child's here late because I didn't want any part of your SEL, which is social emotional learning. and um, it's just, it's just, it's all, I mean, it's just such nonsense. And I will tell you, I mean, and this sounds a little cynical, but it, I don't mean it that way. But, you know, the fact is, you know, schools didn't want to do all this, you know, they didn't want to be, you know, the, uh, the, you know, the, the army that helps children through all these social, you know, events, even though I come from early childhood education uh, stuff. So I do believe in all of that. Um, but um, K-12, you know, they never really wanted to be part of that. Um, but that's who ends up doing it. And, um, and just like the services you provide, somebody has to be out there to help uh, all of the students in all of their diverse needs. And so, so that's how I believe schools, you know, came to that uh, position. So, okay, so tell me, um, go, let's say, okay, next legislative session, what are your priorities? What are your priority issues? What are the things you think are most important to look at and to work on? Um, well, we're always advocating for youth experiencing homelessness. Um, so we will uh, continue to do that. Um, conversion therapy is something that's still legal in Indiana that um, we um, push against. We know it's, um, you know, it literally causes suicide ideation. Um, so we lose youth to conversion therapy um, every year. Um, so making that um, topic um, a point of conversation in the legislature. I know um, we have a long way to go before we um, you know, can probably get anything passed, but just bringing it up um, and talking with legislators and their constituents over and over about um, the harm that conversion therapy causes, I think is something that we, we will continue doing. And then obviously funding for, um, for education um, and broad education, not just um, you know the education we currently have. So um, funding um, GSAs, funding um, you know teachers to run a GSA. Um, a lot of the teachers do that now on a volunteer basis, which I don't think is fair, and it makes it tough to get an advisor to run a GSA. Um, so just um, really pushing 
to make sure that LGBTQ students are supported as much as the football team is or um, the basketball team. Um, you know, those, um, those are all clubs and all clubs should be supported equally. That's great. Uh, and I do want to point out that I was really heartened to see the um, pride events that popped up all over the state uh, and many in many places for the first time. And of course, we're, you know, well attended and um, a great fun. And if, you know, I'm sure you've been to pride events, uh, but just the, you know, it's a love fest and it's just the most delightful feeling um, to be at those pride fests. And uh, and all the students who were able to attend those events and really feel that acceptance and love uh, was really heartening for me this summer. So that was that was it a is. good thing. We, it's nice to mention the good things. Yeah, a lot of time it's the um, first time that um, young people have felt that support in a public um, atmosphere yeah. um, because unfortunately most LGBTQ spaces are bars. And you know the younger people um, can't access those, um, so that's a lot of times the only public LGBTQ space they might be in in a year. So that's um, really important for um, the young people. Well, that's great. Okay, so tell us, um, you know, what what people can do. We want to support this cause. We want to support your organization. How can people reach you and support you? Um, the best way to reach us is through our website at indianayouthgroup.org. Um, if you want to um, volunteer, there's a button there you can hit to volunteer. We're actually running um, virtual IYG. When the pandemic hit, um, we started a um, virtual um, IYG. It offers all the programs that we offer in person. Um, so we have about 200 youth that are signed up through virtual IYG. So you can volunteer virtually um, to be a mentor or to um, you know, teach a hobby that you do. We have knitting classes. We have um, discussion groups. Um, there's a Dungeons and Dragons group. Um, so, um, you know, there's opportunities to volunteer, even if you're not in Indianapolis. Um, obviously, supporting us monetarily is great. Um, you can also, when you get your license plate, um, order an IYG license plate, which um, supports us monetarily, which is great. But even more important, gives the youth in your community, something to see that, oh, look, that person supports queer people. And to some youth, that's the only time they'll see that. So that's really important to have that on your bumper, um, you know, to say, I am supportive. Um, it's a way you can say it to everybody without having to say anything. So those are, uh, those are some ways. You know, as adults, I just think, you know, we just don't appreciate how important those little signals are. Uh, you know, we've heard of teachers who put, you know, a rainbow flag on the classroom and how that's become controversial. And it, it, you know, it feels so strange to have to put, you know, some kind of secret signal <laughs> out there to, uh, to identify a safe space for uh, uh, students and young people who uh, are LGBTQ and, you know, need a place, need someone to talk to. Yeah. And so, that's, you know, where IYG came from. We started as a secret club because it wasn't safe to be out. And so um, we still want to provide those cues that this is a safe space or I am a safe person. Um, even if they're not loud and proud, um, just those little tokens um, can be the difference between a youth feeling secure or not. Yeah, I've worked with young uh, women uh, in middle school 
uh, and you know worked on creating safe space. And when there is that safe space, and someone can come out and say, "I you know I have questions," or "I really believe that um, you know I may not be uh, assist straight," um, and uh, uh, you know, and they can talk about it. I mean, just you can just see the burden falling yeah. off their shoulders. And, uh, and it's really, it's a wonderful thing. So I encourage all adults just to make some connection um, so that uh, youth have play, a place to go. Yeah, we know if a youth has one supportive adult, it reduces their um, chance of attempting suicide by eight times. So wow. just being that one person, um, you can literally save lives. Wow. And, and it's, you know, and it's great fun. Who doesn't have fun, you know, just hanging out with kids and they're, you know, they're great and they're fun. A lot yeah. of energy. <laughs> Lots of energy. Yeah, yeah. All right, great. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for chatting with me. Uh, these are such important issues, and I'm so uh, honored to talk to you and get those uh, issues out there and learn so much from you. So, yeah, thanks thank for having me, Deb. Here. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, until next time. <laughs>